Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I am recording this episode at home today, and I thought that we would do something a little different. Um, As usual, I want to talk a little bit about what I've been thinking about recently and what's been on my mind about my own creativity and my own sort of interest in, in how to move forward and what I want to do with myself or with my life. Um, And then I want to do, you know, a couple of the last few episodes, I I would go live on uh, on TikTok and basically talk about American stereotypes and try to explain why there are some things that we do. Of course, stereotypes are, are very general and not everybody does everything the same, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some funny things and, you know, share that with people that are watching me on the video, um, you know, Germans particularly, and try and sort of balance out what those things are. Well, today I thought we would switch it up and uh, turn the table on the Germans and talk about some German stereotypes. Um, I found a really nice list here that we can go through and I can try and relate to these points and break down what's true and what's not, maybe try and um, connect some funny stories to that. I am, again, uh, live on TikTok today, so for those who join in here during this session, thank you so much. I'm glad you're here. And But first, I would just talk a little bit about, um, you know, I, I called my friend Tim today, and I talked a little bit about my path moving forward with uh, music. So first, I would explain that, you know what's so cool I didn't really have a concert with my band for the longest, longest time. And, you know, during the whole pandemic, there was one concert last summer. It didn't really go so well, and it was kind of discouraging. And so I thought, man, I don't know. You know, the record didn't do so well. I wasn't having any shows. I, I kind of put all my eggs into a completely different basket. I put all my energy into doing this and doing the radio show and the voiceover work and the the Toman videos. I mean, if you are a, a longtime listener of this show, then you know my story, my journey from, you know, losing that school job to being unemployed to planning out that new album and all the work and effort and heart that went into it and all that passion and, you know, working with the label and what happened and stuff. And basically in the end, it kind of had the same result as 12 songs were just, it kind of flopped, honestly. Just, I had all this pressure on myself for this to be the album that really sets me over the top and like gets me to that next rung on the ladder. And when it didn't, I was really depressed about it. And I really told myself, maybe music isn't what I should be doing. And I also thought that was kind of a, kind of a responsible thought to have because I was facing some pretty big, uh, important changes in my life. I was getting a lot more responsibility and a lot more people literally relying on me. And I thought, 
I'm sitting at this at this corner. I'm, I'm sitting at a fork in the road. Do I continue pursuing music with the same kind of pressure and perspective that I always have since I was 16, where I thought this is going to be my path and my passion and my my you know escape from the way the way of life. I don't know. Is it going to be what I've always wanted it to be, or do I need to put my efforts into other things that actually make more money and um, let music fall to the to the wayside. And in the end, that's what I did. You know, I had um, I had the album Simple Swimmer come out, and then I took a break. And I really, I even had a conversation with Ify where I was like, I think I'm kind of done, you know. I thought to myself, I think it's not for me. I think if something comes up, maybe it's just... Um, you know, something, something fun. Maybe I can see it as just something fun, but, but what I ended up doing was putting all my effort into all these other jobs, everything else that involved like being a host or being, uh, working with my voice, which was something that I was working so hard on. I didn't even get to appreciate it. You know, I didn't even get to appreciate that here I am like still relatively young, but making a living doing what I like to do on my schedule. I'm comfortable, you know, I'm not making tons of money or something, but I'm paying my bills and I'm not, you know, scared the way that I always was in my 20s. So that's a big leap for for somebody, especially a millennial, a freelancer. It's a big step. And I, I was working so hard on these things that I didn't notice that that was where I had gotten myself. So, you know, you, you add that positivity on top of it, thinking, wow, I, I was working on everything except music, and here I am getting somewhere else, getting to a new level. Wow, I got to do a score for a TV show. Um, you know, oh, wow, I'm, I got paid to go watch a movie because I make TikTok videos, you know, or whatever. It's just a really great um, position to be in. And who knows what will happen from here? Who knows where it will go? I don't know. Um, I know that it always ebbs and flows. Freelancing is a fluctuating beast and you always have to be ready to adjust. It can go down into the ground. It can go up into the sky and you kind of just have to prepare yourself for either side. And so all of that's going on, right? All that time passes and all of that realization hits me and there I am making better money, not doing music, not thinking about it at all. And about a year or a little more than a year goes by. And that was it. C'est la vie. I wasn't going to worry about it anymore. If a concert came up, great. I love performing. I'll go do that. Why not? It's not going to be about money. It's going to be about the, the fun of playing with people and playing for people. That's something I really enjoy doing. I love being a performer. It's just in me. And, you know, so a couple of concerts came. I think I did a, a couple of weddings. There was that one show with the band last summer. And then all of a sudden, like, so leading up to the concert that I had last Saturday, a week or two before that show, I was going through some old Google Drive files for some reason or another. Um, and I found this file of old demos. So for those who don't know what demo means, it basically means really stripped down raw rough skeletons of songs so just the just really just the bare bones 
the the structure, the lyrics, some little instrumentation ideas, some harmony ideas, just enough to take it and you can take it to a studio and, and build on it and make it something more. So I found these demos of like five songs and I thought, well, that's funny. I forgot about these. And I think I had written most of them and recorded all of them at home about the time that Simple Swimmer was going into production. So I knew these didn't fit and they didn't really match what I was going for at the time. So I, I you know, I put them in this folder and then I actually just forgot about them. And then I discovered them after all this time and I listened to them again. And then I listened to them again, and then I listened to them again, and then again. And this sort of little, tiny, unsuspecting flame just came out of me. <laughs> it started brewing something again inside me, something that I haven't felt in so long. Something that I didn't think I had in me anymore, something like, like this feeling for me, this feeling of, I like this, this sounds good, I should make this. And so now I'm kind of at a another fork, you know? But part of me, uh, most of me, has kind of already decided for the other half that this is something I have to do, but the most important thing is changing my perspective on it. I have to let go of the notion that any individual project will be my stepping stone into comfortable, relaxed success. I have to let go of that. It's healthy for me to let go of that. That's what I've been holding on to my whole life. That one project, one art piece, one project will be the, the door that swings open into collaborations with the famous and the successful and the hardworking and like I'll you know be invited to these things and like so this wild immature dream that you have when you don't know any better about the business and how it works and especially today how the business constantly changes constantly I mean here I am doing these podcasts uh, a lot of them now live on TikTok it's just a different thing you have to try and adjust and try new things and and, you know, I'm doing, and you have to be your own marketer. You have to be your own uh, project manager. You have to be, your, you have to be the artist. You have to write the stuff. You have to produce yourself. You have to edit yourself. You have to film yourself. You have to market yourself. You have to put all your own money into it. You have to be the whole production team from the person who sits there and puts pen to paper and writes a song or whatever you're doing, a film, anything, all the way to the very end where you're cutting up clips in nine by 16 for the phone, because that's what's getting traction. You have to do everything yourself. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. So I have to change that perspective and say, okay, obviously music still means something to me. It means a lot to me. So what I have to do is I have to continue making it, but I have to change that perspective on what it means for me. What it means for me is this is some sort of art that I need to create to not go crazy. It's an expression. It's it's story and it's meaning and it's it's my life in music form. And I have to do it. I have to do it. 
So I have all these songs, and I kept finding more and more old demos, and I kept looking at songs that I had recorded years ago that I thought I always wanted to make better. In the end, I have like 14 tracks on a private link that I've already sent over to my friend Tim, and now we're thinking of a of an idea. Maybe uh, two, maybe instead of one big project, we do two small projects and make them different styles and... I already called him today and talked about it. I think I, I think I'm ready to make music again. There's no rush. Obviously, it's going to take some time, but this is sort of my first official announcement for that. Um, but it doesn't even matter <laughs> who knows it because I'm excited about it, and that's kind of the first time that I feel that way. I think that's kind of good. It's something else. It's like I'm excited to do it because I love making music, and even if no concerts come next year, and even if, just like always, not that many people really listen to it, that's okay, because now I'm at a place where I am comfortable doing jobs that I enjoy, voiceover, TikTok videos, YouTube videos, who would have thought, you know? So it's okay. It's okay. And uh, yeah, all of that basically was leading into the concert that I had uh, last Saturday. Uh, just quickly, Monica Pan says, Hallo und liebe Grüße aus Niederbayern. Deine Videos sind immer super, mach weiter so. She says, hello and lovely greetings from Niederbayern. Your videos are really, really cool, really super, and keep doing them. So, Monica, vielen, vielen Dank. Es ist sehr nett. Thank you very much. Um, that's very nice of you to say, and I'm really glad that you're here on the live today. We're going to talk about some funny German stereotypes here in just a few minutes. I'm just um, filling in people at home on the podcast about uh, my recent adventures in uh, my musical uh, explorations, if you will. Uh, Kaladant says, Moin. What's up, my friend? That's greetings in the style of Hamburgians. Uh, so, like I was saying, we got to this concert last Saturday. It was in Regensburg, which is like about 90 minutes north of Munich, part of a festival uh, that was hosted. It was kind of like a like a government. It's, it's, it's like as if a government department held a festival like a Revag. It's sort of like, I don't know if it's like the electric company or like the water company, but I don't know how to, it'd be like in New Orleans, if like the Crescent City Water Department had a big festival at Crescent, like the Crescent City, maybe that's what the Crescent City Music Festival is, maybe it's just the, the government, I don't know, but um, I should know that, I feel bad that I don't know that, but anyway, so the Srevag had something called um, Nacht in Blau, which I posted about it uh, a little bit um, online, but I knew that a lot of people were going to go there anyway, because it's a big festival, and they have two stages, and a lot of acts, and a lot of events, and it was really cool, we got there, um, I took the trio, so I took my drummer, Mark, the ghost, who I've played with for years. And on this particular concert, I took Frank, a friend of mine who usually plays guitar with me uh, for bass. And uh, we practiced a couple of times before. We played a mix, um, a lot of the new songs from Simple Swimmer, and then also a handful of the oldies from 12 Songs for 12 Friends. And we had an hour to fill. We showed up and there were so many people there. It was really amazing. We played a really good big stage um, a big shout out and thank you to my friend Ben Hoff, uh, because he showed up. He was actually supposed to play on a different stage, we found out later, but he's in this great band called Moonmates. For those who don't know Moonmates, I actually did a song with them last year. Uh, it's on all of our 
respective YouTube channels and, and stuff. It's called Pieces. Um, but there are some friends of mine from that town. And he showed up with his camera and took some of the most beautiful photos. I cannot believe it. I mean, he took gorgeous photos. It's got such good color and grain and texture. And I mean, these photos, some of these you could you could print and like make a poster. It's unbelievable. I'm thinking about doing some sort of something with them. I don't know, making like Christmas cards or something. I don't know, but they, they're amazing photos. I've changed all my social media photos to some of the concert pictures. Um, so yeah, he took that and and it was just so great to play again. We, 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 I mean, it was a, like a park festival that had a lot of people that came for the festival. So I can't say that this big crowd came to just see me and my band, but they didn't leave. So we started playing and they stayed. So that's something, you know? Um, but it was probably like a thousand people, maybe a little more. It was a lot. Um, some of the photos are on my Instagram and I'm going to keep putting more of them up because they're so they're so beautiful. The photos are really amazing. Um, and it was just so great. I think we played super well and we had fun and it was great to perform for people and tell stories again. And at the end, I stood next to the stage with all of my merchandise. I have these beautiful vinyls and ba- like shoulder bags, tote bags, and, and of course some CDs, but you know, not that not that many people buy CDs anymore, but you know we had vinyls and bags and just a nice, beautiful spread. And I sold a good bit of merch, which was really nice. It's always that stuff like directly goes to helping me. So I'm always thankful when people buy any merch at all, um, which you can do for those listening. You can do. Uh, I have a link in the bio of this TikTok or my Instagram. Or you can just go to jordanprince.bandcamp, B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P.com, and you can check out, I have vinyls, tote bags, they're really cool, It's there's a lyric from one of the songs that says, I'm barely hanging on, and that's on the bag, because the bag is barely hanging on, and it's about my emotional weaknesses. Um, anyway, it's very cool, I'm really happy with it, and I sold a bunch of those, and I don't know how many people came up, let's just say like, 10 groups of people and out of those like nine of the 10 were like we love your show on american sunday uh my ego fm show american sunday and i was so flattered and i can't believe they knew me from that and uh because i record that alone much like i pretty much record this show alone you you never really know who's listening you never know who's actually there or not who cares but yeah they, they were really nice and complimentary and they bought some stuff and the show was great and it was a lot of people and they really listened and gave us a lot of applause and it just, you know, it that little fire that started from when I found those demos was just sort of like some gas was added to it, like this, just I felt like, all right, like this is what I missed. I missed performing and I missed being exciting uh, excited about recording songs. So it was really, it was just invigorating for me. And uh, I think that's where I am right now. Um, I'm going to keep doing things that I love that that make money, you know, like um, this. Oh, we have, hi, Jordan. I am currently working, but just came by to say you are underrated. Have a nice day. Oh, my God. That's very nice of you. Ket Pav, thank you so much. I understand you can't stay long. That's so nice of you to say that. Thank you for popping into the live. I hope you have a really nice day. 
Uh, and above that, we have a message I missed from, again, from Carlo Dant, who says, Welche Instrumente spielst du? Which instruments do I play? Um, yeah. So my main instrument that I play is guitar. Uh, I also sing. Uh, Katsukari says, hi, I'm eating. Hi. I'm talking. Um, I play guitar mostly. I play bass as well. I can play a little drums and a little piano, but mostly guitar and sing. And I write my own songs. And um, yeah, I mean, don't know if you're interested. It's all about what you want to do. But I have a couple of great albums up on uh, all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, you name it. It's all up there. So under my name, you can check it out. Um, but yeah, I feel really good about it again. And I think it's going to be a really cool coming next year. A lot of changes again, moving, moving to a different, uh, living space, going to have a, a new little studio, you know, for music and for, for recording like this and for doing lives like this and a little man cave station. I'm very excited about and uh, doing more videos. And I want to have like a little corner where I have like a nice backdrop and make more videos like this. And I feel good about it, is what I'm trying to say. It's been a while since I felt good about music. So that's why I wanted to start with that story. Okay, so let's get into why everybody came here today. German stereotypes. Uh, just quickly, we have one more question. Spielst du auch ab und zu mal im Livestream? Uh, do I also play in uh, the live stream? I did that one time. Uh, my lives on here are usually either um, to have some conversation, some back and forth with people while I record a podcast. For those who don't know, like who, for example, I don't, you probably don't know, I have a very small podcast <laughs> uh, that I created a couple of years ago. It's called Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Uh, because I, I usually interview people who moved to different countries from where they're born and they try to work in film or theater or TV or music or art, however, some creative field. And um, because that's what I did. I moved to Germany and I work in music and I wanted to talk to people who are like me and struggle, make the same struggles, but in different countries. I interviewed this amazing filmmaker who moved from Iran to uh, Germany, and now he makes really big, successful movies here. I interviewed a drag queen who started her own like uh, dancing group, who was um, from London, coincidentally, but moved also to Berlin. Um, people who moved out to Australia and uh, from uh, Americans, and a whole mix of people. It was really, really cool, and I hope to have more eventually. We uh, I've had no time to try and find new guests, but I really want to do that again. So, but what you asked was if I play in the live stream. I did that one time. There was like a nice cozy Friday where I just had a live where I just gave some positive wisdom, some positive energy, and I played a few songs. It was really relaxed, but I haven't done that in a while. Maybe I should do that again sometime. Man, maybe I should. I'm trying to figure out how people put their good audio directly into the TikTok app when they do lives, like where you can really hear a good clean guitar and stuff. Because the sound isn't always great when you play to a phone microphone. So I don't, I, if I do it, I want to do it and make it sound nice. But what I'm doing today, which is the most normal thing I do on the lives is just 
doing my podcast and talking about different things about being an American, living in Germany, vice versa. Um, Magalo6 says, Gruß auf Schwabing. Hello from Schwabing. Schwabing, okay, all right. Greetings from Au. Greetings from the Au. Um, so, let's talk about some German stereotypes. Uh, I have some Germans in the group already. And so maybe you guys can uh, tell me if some of this stuff is true or false. Um, usually when we talk about German stereotypes, it comes down to me being like, come on, guys, I told you this is true, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. We can explain it a little bit. So this website says, perhaps you thought German word order, pronunciation, and crazy smashed together German words were hard to understand. They are. Well, now you'll have to put as much energy into sorting out fact from fiction in German culture. If you don't take yourself too seriously, stereotypes can be quite refreshing. It is very interesting to see which preconceptions other people have about your country and whether these are true or not. It is a chance to see yourself through the eyes of another person. Of course, stereotypes are total cliches. If you have international friends, you may quickly learn that people from different countries all have different stereotypes about your native land. So, obviously, they are very generalized, simplified, and are not a correct representation of all the people in a given country. However, the thing about stereotypes is that some of them are actually based on facts and address real national characteristics. So without further ado, here are a few German stereotypes that are indeed true. Let's get into it. Nine German stereotypes that are straight up true. Germans are direct. And hi-ho silver ain't that the truth. In the business world and in general, Germans are known as straight shooters and not the most diplomatic bunch. This tendency can sometimes come off as downright rude. Damn straight especially in cultures where there's a stronger emphasis on indirect communication. Hello, America. <laughs> the, reason that, the reason is that Germans tend to be very goal-oriented in their interaction. That's very true. They want to get right to the point and not beat around the bush. Germany also doesn't have as big of a small talk culture, as example in the U.S., where it's much more common to talk to strangers on the street. Very true. The upside of this tendency is that there isn't much to decode. A yes is a yes, and a no is a no. It's not meant as an affront or insult, but merely serves to state the actual conviction of the speaker. This is a great example. This is very true. Germans are very direct. What I've noticed in a lot of conversations with certain Germans, and it's it tends to be certain types of Germans, like, of course, this isn't everybody, but it happens a lot where, let's say you're talking to a German about something, uh, they asked you... Uh, they ask you about something that you do, and as you're getting to the details of something that they don't know, you go through some bullet points of things they do know. Like you're trying to say that you, um, let's say you're trying to describe to them that you you work uh, tech uh, at a theater. So meaning that you wear, you know, the black shirts and you run cables and you do set design and you're up in the catwalk above the stage and you're running lights and uh, doing signals. And it's a lot of very technical, small stuff. So along that way, you might say, um, well, have you been, you've been to the theater bef before, right? Well, you know, in the back, there's these people in the black shirts. And as you're listing the things that they understand to get to the technical thing, they tend to talk over you with like a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah
so excruciatingly rude that I could not believe. I was like, why would you ask if I'm so boring? Why are you asking me anything if you're just gonna, yeah, 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 right on top of me? I don't get it. It's like a stutter. It was like the King speech or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, I, I found it horrible. I hated it. But I understand that it is a stereotype and then it's not everybody and it's not even rude. What they're just trying to, they're, like this thing says, they're very goal oriented. So I understand that the Germans are just trying to be like, yeah, 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 yeah I understand. I like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. Which just to an American, because Americans would never do that. Americans would still go like, Oh yeah, uh, like so you you but you know you've been to the theater right? Oh yeah, of course, yeah yeah sure, and you know in the back where there's these guys with the black t-shirts. Oh oh yeah, mm -hmm, I've seen those. Mm -hmm, yeah, like just they know what I'm talking about, but they're they know that the small thing they don't know is coming, so they're just kind of like mm -hmm, yeah right okay. Mm -hmm. And Germans, along the way of things they know already, like if you're talking about like going to a city, it's like so what did you do in Regensburg last weekend? Well, do you know? Um, the Stadtpark rings, but yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we went there and there's this restaurant called, uh, like Tony Piccolo's. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just like chopping you up. And you're like, okay, okay, don't ask. I mean, choose. Um, uh, check Hofstede's cultural dimensions. You can compare countries there. I don't really understand what that means. Hofstede's cultural dimensions. Maybe someone can help explain what you mean. I'd like to know what you mean, but I don't. Um, Caledont has a pretty stressful emoji. I mean, I know you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, um, and I and and you know people that do this. And the funny thing is, in German culture, like I I hear Germans talking to each other, and sometimes I'm like, man, like, come on. <laughs> uh, Olka says hello aus Deutschland. Hello, hello auch aus Deutschland. Um, Kat Sakari says, I'm from America and currently living in Germany. I'm trying so hard to be more direct. Yeah, it's a skill. As an American, to tell a German what you want, clear and punctual, without decorating it with any courtesies or anything, any sprinkles or glitters of kindness or like unnecessary apologies. Like, oh, sorry, I, I, I like the first part, but what I want to say, like, so the last part, can we just do, like, I, I work in a lot of things that need editing. And I, I've worked with German editors and they've given me like a first draft of either an audio project or a video project. And, you know, they put work into it. So I don't want to just say what they might say to me. I don't want to be like, um, cut minute nine to minute 10, cut the last part, add the black credit. I need to do this, fix this last part needs better color. But a German would do it like that to me because it's not a personal thing. It's not like you did a bad job. It's just, here are the next steps. But for me as an American, I'd be like, first off, I just love those first five minutes. My goodness, you really understand my humor. That zoom in and that, you know, that slide or that, uh, I love the color correction or, that's so funny how you uh, did this when I when I waved my hand or like, I think it was also a good decision that you cut out when I coughed in the first, you know, like uh, pfft, just being overly nice for no reason. Uh, Grace from Appalachia says, so basically we should just think of it as their way of active listening. Yes. 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 Yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the active listening. Storm Queen 84 says, you know, when they do that, to me, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I stop talking, and if they say, go on, I say no. <laughs> well, what happens then? Because you have to finish your story, right? 
So, that, I mean, because they don't think they did anything wrong. Uh, Test Balloon says, it might be a European thing because French people do the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, but breathing in, like, oh, how do you mean? We, but breathing in, like, like we, 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 breathing in. Like a whistle? That's, that's what I imagine. Really? That's true? We, we, man, the French are crazy. I thought the Germans were crazy. Uh, it, yeah, it's not offensive at all, right? They, okay, they pay more attention. Let me see, I missed one here. So Test Balloon said, oh, Storm Queen says, if if they say go on, she says no. And they pay more attention, interrupting less. Oh, I see, so you 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 make them aware of the yeah, 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 thing. And Test Balloon says, uh, the French people do this thing and it's not offensive at all, like when you smoke in. Okay, that's weird. Uh, maybe, okay. I mean, how that is a less that is quieter than yeah 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 um Nikki Flute hello from Bavaria hello to you too thanks for being in the live today guys listen thank you for being here we're talking about some German stereotypes feel free to put me in my place I love talking to Germans about some German stereotypes uh you know they're funny they're not meant for everybody they're not they don't describe everybody i know that we've done two episodes about american stereotypes so i'm not being a hypocrite here um but yeah it's nice to be here thanks for the likes thanks for joining thanks for sharing the live you guys are great i love that you're here i hope you're having a great day we can move on germans being direct was the first one and um let's move on to the second one number two Germans love rules, organization, and structure. Germany has an abundance of laws regulating all aspects of life. See, for example, the German beer law below. Ooh, there's a German beer law down there. There is a pretty strict German beer law. And it's people need, they, the people like to obey these rules. The tendency is that uh, one of the many leftovers from the values propagated by the Prussians Prussia used to be a German kingdom known for its unusually well-organized and effective army. The amount of overregulation in Germany can sometimes lead to a certain inflexibility. On the other hand, it is the Germans' ability to organize and create structure which has earned them their reputation for being efficient. This love of rules manifests itself in many ways. For example, crossing the street as a pedestrian at a red light is frowned upon even if no car is coming. That's right. Every house has at least four different gar garbage cans, plastic, metal, paper, waste, general garbage. Plus, there's even a government office called the Ordnungsamt, which literally translates to Office of Order. Right, the Ordnungsamt. Okay, we got to talk about this. This is sort of in, this is like in connection with Germans being direct, right? Uh, we have a couple of questions here. First, Test Balloon says, by the way, is it just me or do Germans just walk out of a conversation when they're bored? I have had that happen to me. I've had them go, like, I've had Germans ask something and at first it seems nice. Like, um, like, oh, and what do you do for a living? And I say, oh, I play music. And they go, oh, okay. And that's it. Like, they don't, they don't do a follow-up or something. They're just like, okay, yeah. And then, then I end up over talking like, oh, well, you know, I mean, so, you know, like I do a few different things. I, you know, I, I play music. So I'm like a songwriter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, like also I, I have like this radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Mm, which uh, radio? 
and I'll say, oh, it's on Eco FM. So then, you know, like also I do a podcast where I interview uh, immigrants and yeah, 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 yeah. and I go, then what do you do? I'm an engineer. And that's it. And then conversations usually over. One of us has blown their brains out. It's really difficult sometimes. Not every German. Just got to put that out there. But it does happen. Um... Storm Queen says Germans love structure, but they have they have none privately. Curious what you mean by that. Uh, Oka says this effective army they mentioned is a, is history now, and small talk is small talk is hard. Yes, small talk is very hard in Germany with a lot of people. Unfortunately, uh, Katsuma asks it is ego e g o like. I have a big ego because I think I'm the best. Ego FM. Uh, look it up. It's a great station. You'll love it. It's very cool, progressive, great music. It's a lovely station. My program, American Sunday, is on a break right now, like a sort of a mandatory holiday. Not my choice. I'd love to be doing it right now. But it's usually every Sunday from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Uh, so, you know, go check out. I have The link for my show is in my bio, so you can also check that out. Uh, it'll take you right to the page, Ego FM. So many similar words. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, and and Hedonic says, I mean, what is one supposed to say when you have nothing in common? And what would an what would an American do? I, I mean, an American probably just does over talk and over compliment. I've been stuck in those situations so many times where I'm literally in a conversation with a German person who just doesn't give me enough back like they're just not good at making friendly sort of chatty small talk they're just to the point and once you say oh i play music you know for example then that's kind of all they wanted to know and if you don't make it an extra huge effort to come back and say oh so what do you do for a living oh who did you come with oh well how do you know them oh well how long have you been best friends and oh oh did you do that in school oh how was that trip oh i didn't know you went to canada before oh, what's canada like oh did you like it oh you've been to america okay well what did you think about it yeah that's true they do like their cheeseburgers like i have to go on and on and on so that they feel so that i think that they feel welcomed by me even though they started the conversation it's really it's really messed up um okay so yes they love their structure there was something here yeah the german beer law that's really strict and especially with bavarians that's like god that's like the bible the german beer law is like the bible that's only water yeast and hops or is it yeast hops and barley one of it's only three ingredients allowed or maybe it's all four like water yeast what what did i say water yeast Hops and barley. I think that's the strict. That's that's all that can be put into beer in Bavaria. It's all the ingredients they are allowed. Um, and some beers have been around so long that they don't even have commercials. I think that's pretty interesting too because everything in America has a million commercials. But there's a few beer companies here like Tegenzia and Augustina that have been around since like 1302. And they just don't have advertisements but they don't need to because everyone buys them because they're the best and they just have the same three or four ingredients as every other beer but they've been doing it the best and they it's insane it's insane um there's a few messages here let me see what we got um 
Storm Queen says, you know that in the 60s and 70s in Germany, they were showing social behavior TV shows because after the war, they were shattered socially. Oh, wow. Oh, on, whoa. Okay, so after the war in Germany, they showed TV shows of like how to behave socially because they were like their, their personalities were shattered after the war. That's super interesting. Olka says, wow. She says, yep. Oh my God. That's like a whole different, wow. I never heard that before. I never heard that before. In the 60s and 70s, they, that's okay. They had these sort of educational, like behavioral, social um, TV shows in America and in England too in the 60s. It was like, Women must behave like if, like if a woman is unruly at the household, make sure to get her a nice new makeup kit because a woman will feel more welcomed and more supportive of her husband if she looks beautiful. Like there's all these crazy sexist things that they tried to teach people. Um, uh, she says, and like dance evening to teach people how to meet and greet Nikki Flute says they're German and they never heard that either. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, TikTok is full of such black and white videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all these crazy old things that they show. Search Tanzabend, dance evening. Okay. Wow, dance evenings to teach people how to meet and greet. That's really interesting that a country can be so deteriorated after a war, which obviously Germany would be after that that they had to teach people how to interact. Wow. You know what's funny? I find some Germans to be, um, and again, not all, not you guys here on my live who are giving me likes and, and hanging out and typing with me. No, not you guys, but some Germans are so just painfully dry, just so impossible to talk to. And, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, and like sometimes even with kids, well, I find that weird when I pass by a, a German family and like a dad is talking to his kid and the kid comes up and is like, oh, so what are you, what are you working on dad or whatever? And then the dad will explain some technical thing about setting up like a bike rack on the back of his SUV because they're gonna need it for their trip to this mountain, blah, 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 sport, blah, 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 Germans. And even and when the kid is asking a question like, oh, so you do this so that you do this, the dad is like, y'all, 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 you know, y'all, y'all. And I'm like, why do you have to be like that, man? Be good. Like, he's a kid. Just be like, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. Do you want to help do this? Like, show some excitement. Let him feel, I don't know. It's just a weird cultural thing. It's just culture. I have to stop judging it. Um, Nikki Flute says, I had 10 years of therapy in Germany and everything is really dry and professional the last two years. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Nikki says, I switched to American therapist because I love their mentality. So much more open and personal. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I had a therapist in Germany too, and it didn't click the way that I was kind of hoping that it would. Like for other reasons too, but also for that, it was just so like, hmm, yeah, hmm, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's just not, it doesn't help me. Uh, Poison Jesse, cool name, says, hi there. Hello, welcome to the live. Uh, Poison Jesse, I'm half German and half American. I get both sides. Oh boy, you're gonna have some fun answers, I'm sure. 
Um, but yeah, so this was a really interesting bit. They they do love their organization. Um, speaking of this Ordnungsamt, um, the Office of Order, at this concert on Saturday that I played in Regensburg that I talked about at the beginning, um, I got a message from them that was like, make sure that you're done when your time slot ends. Don't go over because the, you know there's like another band after you and they have to end at a certain time because the Ordnungsamt wrote her an email saying that the music, the live music, must be over at 10 p.m. sharp. And it was. It was. Uh, Caledon, give Germans some beer, and they start talking a lot. They can. Give them a few beers. Give them, give them a few beers. All right. Next up on the German stereotype list uh, I'm loving this. Guys, thanks again for being in the live. Thanks for sharing it around. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for talking about this. So great to have so many Germans here on the live who can like in the moment communicate about these funny stereotypes. It's really amazing. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Flute. I'm a musician by myself, but when my opera singer neighbors practice after 10 p.m., I hate it as well. For sure. For sure. I mean, neighbors, that, that shit, I, I don't know. I think that I wouldn't even mind if they stopped at like nine, like neighbors shouldn't do that. So I guess for a festival, you know, in the city park, if a festival goes to 11, okay, but neighbors, no, 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 no. That's a different game. So number three, Germans are punctual. Being on time is considered a virtue in Germany. They would rather be too early than too late. Punctuality is seen as a sign of respect to the person you are meeting. It does not mean that every German is good about this, but they will apologize if they arrive past the agreed-upon time. On the same line of thought, train and bus schedules are given in exact minutes, and yes, people do expect transportation services to be true to their schedule. On the same line of thought, train and bus schedules are given in exact minutes, and yes, people do expect transportation services to be true to their schedule. Okay. However, the Deutsche Bahn has a reputation that their timetable is merely an approximation for when trains will arrive or leave the station. As soon as I said Deutsche Bahn, Nikki Flute was like, nope to that one. Deutsche Bahn never comes on time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Deutsche Bahn cannot be trusted. It cannot be trusted. Someone should do something about that. Uh, Poison Jesse says, I agree, it's a sign of respect being punctual, but I'm not, so... So, like, Poison Jesse just doesn't respect anybody but themselves, you know? Like, fuck it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, people do expect everything... People expect everything to be on time. You know, I'm coming from New Orleans, where not only is the bus schedule a joke... Like, no, there is no bus! There, There is no bus, it doesn't come! It doesn't come. It doesn't arrive. And there's no underground station. And the, the streetcar is a joke. It doesn't happen. You don't get anywhere. You have to have a car or you have to have a bike. Or, baby, you are walking. I'm a walking. Doom, doom, doom. I'm a walking. You're, oh, you're walking. You're Christopher walking. Because why? Because there's no public transportation. And in Germany, people do expect that shit to work because it just usually does. But just, you know, Deutsche Bahn is, the Deutsche Bahn's a flip of a coin, but the buses, okay. The trams, okay. And it really does go by minute by minute, which is interesting. Um, a Storm Queen says, nope, they're not punctual. They have the Heiligen 
15 minutes where you can show up. Yeah. Nikki Flute, I do as well. It just don't work. Uh, Poison, the American is strong in me. That's why you're late for things. Yeah, I get that. But I'm also, I don't know. I've never been that late. I remember I went to school and I studied uh, film. And when I worked on some sets there uh, as a PA or whatever, like running cables or driving people around or all the dirty work, you really could not be late. Like you there, you were always like, you have to be 10, 10 or 15 minutes early. You have to be, you just have to be there. And they were really, 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 really strict about that. And if I was going to be like five minutes early, I still felt kind of late and nervous. It's crazy. So I've never really been like a late guy. There was a phase. There was like a wave where I thought I can, whatever, you know, like I can be late. Like I'm cool. Like it doesn't matter to me. They're going to, they're partying. It's fine. They're not going to know. This is going to be fine. But in the inside, is like scratching out like, you're late. They know you're late. You can't show up late. You're such a jerk. How could you ever be late? They're waiting for you. It just doesn't like, doesn't connect those two parts of me. They don't work. Uh, Nikki Flute. But the thing is that the Deutsche Bahn is not from the government. It's a privately owned company and that's why it happens. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. I didn't know that. Um, okay. Inga von Schneider has joined the live. Welcome back, Inga. It's always nice to have you here. Glad you could make it. Sound of Trees, what's up? Thank you for being here, guys. Storm Queen, Poison, thanks for chiming in. Thanks for talking about all this. Thank you, Nikki. Um, guys, again, thanks for being in the live. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for the likes. Thanks for talking. It's really nice to have you all here, and I really appreciate it. And I hope you're having fun. Born in Trouble 1988, lose that bad boy or girl, or person who showed up from 1988. Born trouble. Um, yeah, so we were, we're talking about some German stereotypes. Thank you, Nikki, for the likes. That's so nice. Um, Germans love rules. Germans are direct. Germans are punctual. Um, I think we can move on to the next stereotype, which doesn't really seem to me to be something that's specific. I don't think this next one is really specific to Germans. I think this one is kind of stupid, but you can tell me. You can tell me if you think it different. But number four is Germans love Fußball, football, soccer. Um, so football is a simple game. 22 men chase a ball for 90 minutes, and at the end, the Germans always win. That's a quote from Gary Lineker, or Leinker Lineker. Uh, by a wide margin, football is the number one most attended and practiced sport in Germany. It is so popular that it could be considered a national pastime. The German Football Association consists of more than 26,000 clubs and 178,000 teams. How? There are more football fan clubs in Germany than any other country. In addition, the German Football League, the Bundesliga, attracts international superstars and is followed by many people outside of the Germany. The country's national team is strong in international contests and has won four World Cups. Did you catch their most recent victory? In recent years, women's soccer has also been getting more attention as the women's national team has two world titles to boast. Okay, what do you guys think? Here, let me see what, my, what the comments are. I saw some rolling in while we were talking. Um, Nikki, all right, first off, Nikki, do not be embarrassed that I could see you give likes. I'm very grateful that you did that. I don't think they can see it, but I can see it. I don't know, but thank you. So don't be, don't be embarrassed. Um, Poison Jesse, 
fat no i hate soccer that's the american in you you dirty little american get out of here storm queen yes they love it but in a healthy way nikki germany loves soccer for sure caladon they're obsessed with soccer storm queen i saw some teams playing and the supporters weren't beating each other right yeah that's more accurate i feel so this this is the thing like i i, I agree that I mean, th these were statistics I didn't even know. I, d I didn't know that uh, I didn't know that there's more than twenty six thousand clubs and one hundred and seventy eight thousand. That doesn't even sound real. It sounds fake. Like Germany is only uh, eighty million. How can there be one hundred and seventy eight thousand teams? That's insane. Um, not that eighty million is nothing, but uh, and in a, uh, the Bundesliga attracts international superstars. Four World Cups. See, that's a lot of stuff I didn't know. Okay. So then it kind of makes a it makes a little bit more sense that like f like f I'm gonna say football that football is much more of a German like a German ugh, German game than I would have ever thought. I thought when I think of football and this is kind of messed up, but when I think of football, I think of uh, Latin America. I think of South America. I think of like I don't know. I think of like Spanish speaking countries. I don't know or like Brazilians. I don't know. Maybe that's because I'm from the South. And when you think about football players, whenever you see the movies, it's always like some Spanish speaking country with two kids kicking a soccer ball outside of someone's house and like a yellow, a ye hot yellow sunny day with desert all around and dirty cars. I don't know, but that's what America likes to, to uh, believe. So you don't think about it. And then when I moved here, funny enough, uh, I was living in New Orleans when Germany played against, I guess it was Brazil. And that huge World Cup game. And at the time, and you guys are going to hate me for this. At the time, I was very anti-Germany. And I'm sorry. I was a young kid. It was a long time ago. But at the time, I had been in a relationship that ended with a German girl. So I was like, man, screw Germany, man. Like, Oh, I hate those guys. They're the worst. Go Brazil. Go Brazil. Yay. I had no ties to Brazil. I had no reason. I was just more like anti-Germany. Um, but there was no reason to be. There was no point in being uh, anti-Germany, except for my little stupid, little naive, heartbroken ass was like, go Brazil. And of course, Germany won, which made it worse. Um, <laughs> but then I moved. Yeah, after I moved here, then I was like, okay, I see so many people wearing FC Bayern scarves. I still, I mean, in America, you see a lot of people wear jerseys just like all the time. You see people wearing basketball jerseys when they go to the mall. You see people wearing football jerseys when they go to a game, of course. But I still feel like I see more like older white guys wearing FC Bayern scarves like around their necks than I've ever seen. Like I see more of those scarves than I've, than all of the jerseys I've ever seen combined. And I played sports. It's just a crazy thing. Olka says when Germany wins uh, some cup, the celebration is on a level of the national holiday or something. That's true. It's insane. The celebration is nuts. I'm wondering if any of you guys have ever seen like a, I mean, I know that like in America, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Boston, no, or Philadelphia. Maybe it's both. I know Boston and Philadelphia are pretty aggressive cities, and when teams lose or when they win, sometimes there's riots and like cars get burned. 
Um, Inga von Schneider says the other nations like it as much as the Germans. That's what I thought too. They, yeah, it's like as much, but I don't know. With these numbers, with these statistics in here, it seems that it is a very well invested and grounded sport in this country. It's like extremely important to them um, because they, there's so many teams. It's crazy. And they're good at it. Maybe I should say Germans are very good <laughs> at, uh, very good at soccer, uh, football. Anyway, uh, JB, what's up? Moinsen, Moinsen, uh, uh, okay, we can move on. That one's, yeah, that one's, you know, that one's not the most amazing stat. Germans love soccer. I mean, all of the countries in the world except for America. Mm. Nikki Flute, have you ever seen a German soccer fan watching a game? Fair, fair. JB says, mein persönlicher Stereotype ist Pünktlichkeit. Immer exakt auf die Minute ist mein Markenzeichen. Um, yeah, Nikki, yes, das, das hatten wir schon. Uh, so, so JB, just for you, because you just joined, uh, we're talking about really, really big German stereotypes. And the ones we talked about already are Germans are direct, Germans love rules and structure. Germans are punctual. Uh, number four, Germans love soccer. So now we're going to a new one, which is Germans are well insured, which is like, what a, all right, guys. Woo! Okay. Oh, Germany. Well, welcome to the cool club, everybody. Oh, what's Germany? Oh, bro. <laughs> well insured. <laughs> like, those guys are so insured. Like, they could have a car accident any day. Like, their house could burn down, you know? Like, they could break a neck. Why don't they just go break their legs? I mean, there's no cost. They're well insured. There's no problem. That's such a funny thing to be like. That's such a funny thing to say. Like, you know what Germans are? Well insured. Well, they are. It's illegal to not have health insurance here. Did you know that? Did you know that, mom? It's illegal to not have health insurance here. So Germany is the land of insurances. You can secure yourself against almost anything. I'm going to do this like an insurance ad. Germany is a land of insurances. You can secure yourself against almost anything. Personal liability insurance, household insurance, legal insurance, life insurance, Travel insurance, pet insurance, car insurance, bicycle insurance, unemployment insurance, <laughs> you name it. Whether that is due to a special Teutonic need for protection and security is up for debate. While it definitely makes sense to be insured for some fundamentals, health insurance and car liability insurance are mandatory in Germany, foreigners might think the fact that many Germans have their own personal insurance advisor is taking the whole thing a little too far. <laughs> Germany, be well insured. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> There's your health insurance commercial, Germany. Uh, Olga, are you leaving? Okay, bye Olga, thanks for being here. Thanks for having fun with us. Um, let's see, what do we see here? Hausratversicherung, Hauptpflichtversicherung, Autoversicherungen, uh, Unfallversicherung, these are all different insurances they're listing. Uh, yeah, okay, thanks for being here. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad you could be here. Um, Storm Queen, blah, 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 blah. JB, yes, true. I cut off a finger, got free health care, and 700 euros 
because I had to stay at the hospital. You cut off a finger? Did that finger get reattached or do you just have nine fingers now? You don't have to say, but I'm pretty curious. Poison Jesse, well, compared to the States, it's a way better system with health insurance. Oh, oh, there's no competition. No competition whatsoever. America is a dumpster fire compared to Germany's health insurance system. I mean, it's, it's a joke. It's funny to be like, we have all these different insurances here. There's, by the way, a crazy insurance is if I, if I work as a barista at a cafe, there is a small, like 50 euro, I think a month, it could be one time, I don't even know. I think it's 50 euros a year. There's like a 50 euro payment insurance for if I accidentally break something at that cafe. Like one time I was working at a cafe and I, I bumped something because I'm a big guy, I'm tall and I'm big, and I bumped a little tiny, tiny, itsy bitsy little window and I hit it and it cracked and the window cracked. I was like, oh my God, I told my boss, I'm so sorry. I don't know how it happened. I must've just bumped into it the wrong way. I'm so sorry. And they were like, oh, do you have this blah, blah, blah insurance? This like 150 euro thing? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And I don't think I did in the end. But I mean, and it was an accident, so everything's okay. It's cool. It was covered. But that would have covered that window. That insurance would have covered that little accident. Um, I mean, but Germany, there's it's it's funny to make fun of how many insurances they have. But if you looked at it, uh, oh, that's called Haftpflichtversicherung. Right. Thank you. That's the one I was talking about. So there's so many crazy different insurances here. Um, But it's, I mean, if, if you're talking about comparing systems, comparing America to Germany, there is no compare. There is no comparison. It's impossible. It's like comparing pizza. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> it's the best in the world to eating rat poison. Okay, it's just not the same thing. It's just not the same thing. Um, Let's see what we got here. You're forced to get pet insurance if you have a dog. Okay, I didn't know. That's interesting. I mean, you're, you have to have a, you have to have a lot of insurances here. Um, Nikki Flute, it's way better than other countries, but I'm still not that happy about everything. Of course, every country has its flaws. No, nothing's perfect. It's an interesting system for sure. But yeah, if you're comparing, it's hard to compare. Um, JB, about his finger that he cut off. It was only three centimeters of the top of the finger and it took eight weeks to grow again. Your finger grew back? What are you, a lizard or something? Who, whose finger grows back? Uh, did you just admit you're like an X-Man? What? I can't... How are we supposed to go on when you say your finger grew back? Fucking chameleon? What? Um, but Lindsay says, but my, my cafe owner had for sure a... Man, you're gonna give me the hard words today, guys. Betriebsinhaltsversicherung. Um, yeah, probably something, something insurance because everybody has insurance. Storm Queen, if two cars are having a small accident, then police don't even show up. Yeah, of course. You don't even need that. You just exchange insurance. Yeah. Uh, JB. Yes. My finger grew again. It's because of great healthcare and new methods. I don't believe you. I think you're an X-Man and I think, or I think you're a soup and, uh, that dude from the boys is going to come hunt you down and, uh. What's that dude's name? Oh, what's the guy from the boys? Uh, come on. It's some, it's a name, it's a name like, no, Carl, Carl is the actor's name. What's the, come on, you know the boys. Like your, your soup power is that you grow your limbs back. And the guy that comes after you, oh, come on, what's his name? I don't want to Google it. 
Uh, I feel like someone like JB is watching the boys on Amazon. Maybe not. Maybe he doesn't want to see soups like himself. Maybe he's anti-soup. Uh, I took a lot of photos. It was very interesting. Well, it sounds like being a medical marvel is kind of interesting. What the? Um, okay, so talking about more German stereotypes. They are well, well, well insured. They're so insured that JB grew his finger back. So that's different. Um, number six, Germans are distant. You may have heard that Germans are often described as being a little standoffish and cold. That might be because people's personal space bubbles are larger here than in other countries. Therefore, Germans have a tendency to treat strangers rather formally, especially at first encounters, and as mentioned earlier, are not always big on small talk. Oh, though sometimes this might seem like they have sticks in places where they don't belong. Stinkstiefel, spießig, stockemarsch. It just means that they take a little longer to warm up to others. As a consequence, close friendships with Germans don't necessarily happen overnight, but when they do form, they're generally very genuine. Yes. Guys, thank you so much for the likes, by the way. I see that phone blowing up. It means a lot to me. Thank you. We're at almost three and a half thousand. Let's see if in the next few minutes we can get to 4,000. I would love that. Thank you guys so much. This is a great group of people. Um, this German stereotype, Germans are distant. We talked a little bit about that small talk thing. That's very hard. That's very hard. Um, Nikki Flute. Holy yes. Nikki, I hate that so much. Uh, Lynn Sci-Fi. It depends on the area you live in. But, but does it though? Because of course... Places like Hamburg are very cool and social. Um, some people like in Frankfurt can be cool. Berlin can be very open. But also, I think it depends even less on the area and just more of the person. Because, I mean, in Munich, there's a lot of people that are very difficult to talk to. But there are still people that are like, hey, what's up? You know, there's still some cool people. Uh, JB says, yes, for special, especially in northern Germany, the, the conversation is like, moin, moin, läuft. Yup. Exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. So then maybe, maybe it's the same. It's kind of like the same. It sounds like it's the same there as it is in uh, Bavaria, but, uh, but different words. Instead of moin, it's servus. And then instead of läuft, it's geht's. <laughs> like servus, servus. Geht's? Yeah. Moin, moin. Läuft? Yeah. <laughs> Germans. Nikki, when it's, when it's a professional relationship, it never really gets personal. Oh, absolutely. The, oh my God, guys, we just jumped to 5,000 likes. What? You're crazy. That was in like 30 seconds. You guys are nuts. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Caladant, guys, thank you. This is so nice. You're crazy. Wow. Thank you very much, guys. Um, greetings from Northern Germany, by the way. Yeah. I mean, when you said Moins, and I thought he's probably maybe from Hamburg. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Um, Lynn Sci-Fi. I lived in South, Mid, and North Germany, and they are very different. Of course. Yes, of course. They are they are very different. Sure, sure, sure. But just talking about like the distance that Germans portray to new people is kind of a person-to-person -person thing, I think. Um, Poison Jesse, if you compare it to other countries, it's true. Americans are so warm compared to Germans. Uh, but yeah, of course, it depends on the individual. The sense of community is just so different. Yeah, that's kind of what we were saying earlier, you know, like... If I was in a conversation with someone new, I would, um, it's like, I don't know, I feel like a professional small talker just because I'm from America. 
and I can be really friendly and I can ask them what they do and like, oh, that's a really nice shirt. And like, oh, where did you get that from? And like, oh, is this your girlfriend? Oh, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, And then talk about yourself a lot and stuff. But then, you know, if, I don't know, it, it can be so difficult. I mean, like, for example, I played this concert with my friend Mark. He's one of my oldest friends here. But it was not an easy friendship to make. It wasn't like some instant friendship. And none of the friendships here are like instant. I mean, there were so many people that I started with where I had to like work for it. Like you have to work for these German relationships. You have to put it in, like you have to take the jackhammer to the concrete and like, like really grind it in to like make it work. Uh, Just quickly, JB, you have to leave. Hey, thanks a lot for being here. Have a great day. It was a lot of fun. Hope you have a great day. Don't cut off any fingers. I mean, who cares? You can grow them back. So Um, (laughs) bye-bye. It's, uh, it's really, yeah, it's really difficult to make those friendships work. But like they say, when they, when those friendships do form, they are genuine. They are genuine. Lynn Sci-Fi, Nikki Flute, thank you so much for those likes. You are the best. Nikki Flute says, my nutritionist is from Canada and the most lovely person I ever had in a professional way. I'm sure. I mean, that sounds like a great story and like a great connection. I wonder, I mean, I, I do wonder sometimes if Germans who grow up in Germany notice that about themselves, because I think if you grow up a certain way and all your friendships are a certain way and your family is a certain way, like, do you notice that each other can be standoffish at first or like, as they say, your personal space bubble can be larger than others? I don't know. I wonder how long it takes for two two traditional like Germans to warm up to each other. I don't know. Depends how much beer they have. But uh for as an as an as an immigrant here, you notice it. You definitely notice it. Um I mean this is a pretty Oh boy. Okay, the last three here are pretty obvious, guys. The last three here are pretty obvious, uh, but quickly, Caledon says, but at the end, you have a long, uh, a lifelong friendship. Yes, that's true. Mm. And Inga says, I don't notice. Okay, then. Oh, my God, guys, we've already crossed an hour. Woo! Oh, my goodness. How did we cross an hour already? That's unbelievable. I just noticed that. That's amazing. Well, we did our hour for today. Um... Maybe what I'll do, <laughs> guessing the last ones of the page, um, Poison Jesse says, let me guess, sandals and socks. <laughs> uh, it should be in there. It should be in our own personal list. Um, there would be three more. I'm wondering, uh, how do you guys feel about if I did another live maybe next week? where we finished this list and talked about a few more German stereotypes and maybe even talked a bit more like this. Should I, should we do it like that where we end this live and do it again and talk more about this or do, should we just run through it real quick now and end it? So I'll take a vote now from those here in the live, uh, end it now or finish it up. You just let me know. I don't know what time the next live will be. It could be in the evening. So it's a little easier for everybody or it could be, um, during lunch like this now. Uh, okay, so Poison Jesse, classic American. I'll, I'll do whatever you want to do. Uh, it's no problem for me. You just do what you want to do. <laughs> That's like me. 
Uh, Inga, nice and clean. End it. End it. End the damn thing. I'm tired of it. I'm kidding. Uh, make it two parts. Okay. Nikki, yes, please. Inga, end it. Uh, Storm Queen, make it two parts. Okay, then, guys, we'll wrap this live up here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the almost 7,000 likes. You guys are crazy. That's so nice. Thank you for talking, for being open. Thanks for chatting with each other, making friends in the comments. That's really cool, guys. Um, I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful Wednesday and a great rest of your week. And thank you, as always, for following me. Thanks for being in the live. And thanks for just being good, wonderful people. Caladon says, bring your acoustic guitar next time. Maybe, maybe. If I see it, if I see some people asking for that in the comments of my... Uh, next videos. Maybe, maybe I will do that. I got to see some interest in it before I do it. I don't want to take the risk of pushing people away. Um, Nikki Flute, thanks. Hey, thanks for being here. It's, it's always a lot of fun to talk to you guys. So, uh, and thanks for at home, everyone for listening. I'm going to end the live here. So thanks a lot, guys. Have a great, beautiful day. Bye-bye. Wow. That was a really fun one, guys. Hey, how about that? That was a lot of engagement. That was a lot of people chiming in and talking, fighting things, agreeing with things. That's always the best when people really commit to it. Um, all right. So as always, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for uh, listening to this. Thanks for, for, for always supporting the show. Um, we have uh, Artsy Fartsy Immigrants uh, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Uh, Jordan Prince, Instagram, Jordan Prince Official, TikTok, Jordan Prince, Tunes, YouTube, anything and everything that you want is all there. Um, thank you for supporting. Uh, if you want to um, get some special insider, you want to be a part of the live or you want to get uh, be interviewed or be a part of the show more, you can always support the show at patreon.com slash Jordan Prince. And uh, we're thinking about creating some merchandise soon so you can get an artsy fartsy immigrants uh, mug or t-shirt, things like that. It's all brainstorming. It's all ideas up in the air. So we got to see if you guys are interested, we will make it. So thank you for being here. I love you. Uh, make sure to, you know, network with your artsy fartsy fam. You know, guys, like if you see that people like the show, if you, if you share it with a friend, if you tell a friend about us, you see a, a comment, uh, of someone writing something in that you are seeing that same show or listening to it, you know, chat with them and make friends and let's all just build this artsy fartsy fam. Thank you so much for listening. And have a great week. Bye-bye. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now, baby blue. Artsy Farsi Immigrants. Ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider. Produziert für M94.5. Musik